Welcome to another edition of Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on last episode, we we dove off into Atlanta, which some like to call Titan South. And uh, of course, this episode, we're going to go back, talk a little bit more Titan South with a former alcoholic writer and overall NFL aficionado, Eric Robinson. Of course, we'll talk a little Titan South and we will talk AFC South as well. You know, some of the storylines going into that division this year. And for those tuning in, let me go ahead and say, hey, thank you. One. (laughs) And if you're listening on Spotify, go ahead and, uh, you know, give me a rating. They do have a rating system now for those that are not aware. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, they do have a rating and review section there i'd greatly appreciate five stars you know because you know i I like to think that i produce a five star podcast and you know a great review would be nice as well i'd greatly appreciate it now we'll get to uh eric a little later in the show but up first of course we always have the get it off your chest segment and we're going to go a little bit differently this one usually we're talking sports basketball something this episode we're talking kendrick lamar Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Yes, the most highly anticipated album to come out this year. Yes, in 2022, the most anticipated album to come out is finally with us. 18 tracks. Yes, it wasn't a double album like some thought it may be. But hey, I'm I'm fine with that. And I will say, I was up at the time the album was dropped. I listened to it multiple, multiple, multiple times. And I'm very impressed. I love the album. Definitely the beats aren't necessarily beats that you'd be like, okay, you know, that'd be Knox, that'd be this, that'd be that. No, 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 no. It beats that he rides. It's unconventional in some of the beats that he has, you know, with the pianos and different things like that. I mean, I, I definitely like the musicianship that goes into the album. I mean, of course, always Kendrick Lamar is going to give you wordsmith style of rapping. He's going to give you knowledge and he's going to give you flow. So I'm definitely always down for that. I mean, I mean, the album's just got plenty, plenty of songs on it. I mean, my my personal favorite right now, Savior. Love that track. It's just a great track talking about not, you know, making people your saviors. I, I definitely understand that. I mean, you got Crown, Count Me Out. Purple Hearts. I mean, you got N95, which is a bango. I mean, you got so many different songs on this album uh, that are just really, really good songs. I mean, Mirror, Mother I Sober. I mean, the list goes on and on. Purple Hearts. He's got um, he's got uh, Ghostface uh, Ghostface Killer on that album, uh, that track with him. I mean, it's just a lot of different tracks on there, and you, you gotta say it's definitely a well put together album he's been gone five years but he came back with a bang definitely uh 
uh, major props to Kendrick Lamar. If you haven't listened to that album, I'm going to need you to take a second. Go listen to that album. You're going to hear some things. He's going to kick some knowledge and he's going to give you flow. I mean, and he rides the beat. I, I got to say, Kendrick Lamar, he's up there with, uh, you know, some of the greatest rappers of all time to me. I, I definitely can say that. I mean, dude has got skills. I mean, if you don't want to recognize that, that's fine. But, hey, the man has skills. And it's been a long time. And hopefully we don't have to wait another five years for another album from him. Again, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I need y'all to go listen to it. It's out. You'll love it. You will. You will. He's going to teach you a message and give you a good song. Hey, you don't often quite get that. So, hey, take a chance and listen to it. All right, that's been my Get It Off Your Chest segment for this episode. Up next, we will have Mr. Eric Robinson on touring the ASC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're going to a commercial break. We'll be right back. Going through some things and not quite sure who to turn to? Well, let me tell you about Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching. They offer services ranging from mental health counseling, parenting classes, life coaching services, therapy, alcohol and drug assessments, and so much more. And all the services are monitored by licensed supervisors. Also, they're currently offering free consultations for counseling or life coaching. All you need to do to get started is reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230 to get started. Again, you can reach out to them online at www.peacemindclc.com or give them a call at 615-930-1230. So if you feel you need to talk to someone or know someone that needs to talk to someone, Take the time to reach out to Peace of Mind Counseling and Life Coaching, where the motto is, it costs you your peace of mind, then it is too expensive. Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And joining me on this episode, of course, the last episode we had the Orlando Ledbetter. This episode, we're going back. A little bit of ATL action again. We joining me used to be riding for the Falcoholic. I remember those days, <laughs> Mister Eric Robinson. What's going on, man? Uh, <laughs> another day, another dollar, man. Another day, another dollar. How you feeling? Hey, I'm making it, man. It's almost a weekend. <laughs> yeah, you're, right. you're right. It's almost a weekend. So speaking of uh, making it and trying to get there, yes, we got to talk about the Atlanta Falcons, man. Yes, sir. I mean. You know, it, 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 it's almost like they're trying to kind of turn things around, uh, trying to redo the roster. Mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of in the midst of that. And, of course, the first domino that happened with that was the trade of Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts when that happened? You know, honestly, the from the from day one of, you know, Terry Fontenot being hired and Arthur Smith being hired, I knew from that moment on that the Matt Ryan era was going to end sooner than a lot of fans anticipated. Um, and I wasn't really all that surprised that it was this offseason that it occurred. Um, you know, it's, it's it was a move that you see a lot of young regimes make. You know, when they come into certain situations, when they come into most situations, 
they usually within the first two or three years they usually get their their guy their young quarterback that they're going to you know plant the flag with and say we're going to build around him and see where it goes um and and i expected that to happen um and you know like i said this offseason making that trade well i was more surprised about how everything went down um i expected them at some point to go for a young qb i just didn't expect it to be deshaun watson now that, that was just a complete that was that was a, a curveball that no one expected. But it just goes to show you that they felt within themselves it's it's time. Um and you know it's we'll see if it works out on both sides. Um, but I, I knew from the jump that it was this is something that was going to have to happen. Gotcha. Now, of course, you know, the next step in that, or the first step in that obviously was you had the um the pickup of you had the pickup of Marcus Mariota. You had the different moves around that, of course. Uh, you had the draft of Kyle Pitts previously, right? And now you bring in Drake London. What were your thoughts on the pickup of Drake London? Um, I, I'll I'll be honest. Um, at um at the the jump when the pick was made, I was in in the production room. Um, on, on on campus at, at ESPN, uh, listening to the picks come in, and they, there's a little system set up where you we kind of get told of the picks a few minutes ahead in advance before the the commissioner comes on stage. So I, we were told of who was being selected, and at first, I wasn't too enthused. I'll be honest with you, um, because I felt like at that point in time, the the need was greater for an edge rusher than a receiver. Um, but you know, after taking London, you know, diving into his tape just a little bit more, you know, I, I'm okay with the pick. Um, and I see what Arthur Smith is trying to do. He, he's trying to slowly but surely build a physical brand of football in the passing game. Um, and it started with Cal Pitts. Now it starts with a 6'4", 220-pound receiver in Drake London. Uh, so it's it's a building block. It's it's not going to elevate the entire receiving core for the Falcons because you know the receiving core is still you know in need of of some infusion of talent. But it's a nice start for a guy that you know that brings his physicality, his ability to still be a big big time playmaker despite not having the top end speed that most teams want. The guy had 88 catches. Um, last year in only eight games and still won Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Year. Um, so that, that just goes to show you right there. Teams knew who Drake London was when they when they saw USC on the schedule and they were still not able to stop him. So, yeah. We'll interesting, see. interesting. Interesting to, uh, to see what who they picked up. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the, the amount of mismatches that Arthur Smith is able to create because, of course, when he was here, in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, which is where I reside. Yeah. He was actually a guy that, that liked to create mismatches. Uh, I always lean to this example because this is probably the most perfect example. Um, when he had he had um, A.J. Brown on the outside, he kind of motioned him in, motioned the guy outside of him, which mm -hmm. kind of bumped Buster Screen, which is the slot guy, right on him. Mm -hmm. And basically the outside corner. So it was, that's a mismatch, A.J. Brown with Buster Screen. Right. And touchdown, we basically ran a uh, kind of like a wheel fly pattern. Yeah. A fly pattern out the slot, basically. And it was yeah. a touchdown. It was pretty easy. So those are the type of things you could kind of probably look forward to, honestly, yeah. with with him. 
And and that's the and a lot of people are, are you know thinking that he is exclusively an X receiver, but you look at his numbers, you you break down, you, you know, take a deep dive into his numbers. London lined up con, you know a considerable amount with the, in, inside the slot. Um, and you know, when it comes to those type of formations, those type of mismatches, I trust Arthur Smith to put his guys in those certain situations. Now, um, what intrigues me is the fact that you're able to have, if you're a defender, you break the huddle, right? If you're you're a slot corner, you're lined out, you know, in the slot or whatever, you you have no one lined up over you. You see, there's probably two wide, maybe two tight end set. All of a sudden, Drake London motions inside, and right before the snap, he's lined up head up over you as a slot receiver. Like those are the type of mismatches I'm look looking forward to see, where you're able to put to deep the defense in an uncomfortable situation right before the snap, and and I think he's going to be able to do that. And the one, if everything goes together with his development, I'll be honest with you, I think he has a Brandon Marshall type ceiling, but I also feel that. They're going to use him the same way that the Saints use Marcus Colston for 10 years in New Orleans. And remember, his his effectiveness as a 6'4 receiver running a 4'5, his effectiveness was was a lot within, you know, within the hashes inside the slot. He had 10 years in New Orleans, eight years over uh, 900 or more receiving yards and six of those years, a thousand receiving yards. So he was productive even as a big body slot receiver. And I think that's kind of sort of how. Um, Arthur Smith is going to utilize him at least early on. Right, right. And uh, and for those that are listening and watching, um, Eric is, is very extensive with his knowledge. That's why I chose to bring him on the show. So <laughs> he definitely is, uh, is, is knocking it out the ballpark, breaking it down with the exes and those. Um, also want to, want to say that, uh, you know, I kind of heard this term, so I've kind of adopted a little bit for this show right. where they're just kind of diving into Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Titan South. I've noticed that Arthur Smith's there, Dean Pease is there, you got Rashawn Evans, you got Mariota, Fersker. I mean, you go back further, Andy Levitri, Bleedy Wade Wilson. I mean, it's been a lot of kind of Titans leaving and joining the tight the uh, the Falcons. So I mean, I know you probably don't like that mon- moniker with the uh, Titan South, but you know, I think it's it. In terms of the leadership and kind of the pieces, you know, you can kind of see where I kind of drew the, the, the conclusion, perhaps. It's weird because this offseason alone, they've signed – well, not and I take that back. Go back to the last offseason as well. Remember, um, you know, they, they brought in Cordero Patterson from Chicago. And then you come in this offseason, uh, Ryan Pace gets fired, the former GM of the Bears. He gets hired within the, within the front office of the Falcons. And all of a sudden, you see former Bears. You see Demir Bird. You see Elijah Wilkinson. You see they signed uh, Nick Kwiatkowski today at linebacker. He, all these guys that are like former Chicago players, and you're like, wait a minute, what is going on here? I don't, I don't get it. He's Tabor, the former safety for the Bears last year. It's something is weird. Like, I don't get it. It's this the, the way the roster set up right now. There's a lot of former Titans and Bears players on this roster right now. It's ridiculous. They, they, they said we, we got Rashawn Evans this offseason as well. Like, it's just I, I can't explain it. It's, it's very awkward. But you know what? That's the direction that they're going. Then, OK. All right. Let's, let's see if it works. <laughs> 
Well, speaking of the uh, the AFC South, of course, the Titans. I do have to talk about the AFC South because, of course, okay. I'm not con- I'm not contractually obligated, but this is you know an AFC South show just right. in the in the, the the bigger realm of things. Right. So we're gonna go back to Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan is now a member of the Indianapolis Colts. He replaced Carson Wentz, who Carson Wentz got traded to the Washington Commanders. So with Matt Ryan replacing Carson Wentz, do you think he is that missing piece to get them back to the playoffs one and to potentially take them on a deep ride? Um, yeah, I think I think he is. I think uh, Matt Ryan still has some juice left. Um, is he the Matt Ryan of 2016? You know, the MVP year? I don't. I don't think so. No, I, I think he he is slightly declining a little bit, but I still think he is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL, and I still think he's able to win win some games. And I think you know, in the right settings with the right pieces around him, he's still able to win some playoff games. To be quite honest with you, um, and, and I think it was it was a hell of a move for the Colts to pick him up um, and being the fact that they have a tremendous offensive line um you know they have an elite running back in jonathan taylor there there are a couple of things that are still missing in my opinion I, I like michael pittman jr but they still in my eyes they still don't have that guy that can really you know make a ton of plays consistently in a passing game maybe that's alec pierce the rookie out of cincinnati Maybe if, if Paris Campbell was able to stay healthy, we see how that goes. But there's still some question marks there. But I think bringing in Matt Ryan, I, I, I believe they were able to check that box where you need that veteran quarterback that's been there before, that's able to get there. And, and I think he's able to do that, especially with Frank Wright. Wright. And so I think they're going to work very well together, those two. It's definitely going to be interesting to see if they try to add someone, you know, like uh, maybe a Jarvis Landry, perhaps. That'll be right. interesting to see if that happens. But, right. you know, of course, we still got the summer. We still got the post-June 1 cuts and things like that to happen as well. Or um, maybe, speaking, maybe a reunion with Julio. I mean, maybe so. Maybe yeah. so. But from what I hear, from what I hear from a, a particular Colts fan, it kind of gives him Andre Johnson vibes, and that Colts fan knows knows when he went to Tennessee. Okay, no, no, no. When he went to when he went to up there, and then he came here. Oh, when he, he went to Indy. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. He, okay. To, he he didn't even make Wait, the team. I forgot he there. went to Indy before Tennessee. Yes, he Jeez. went to Indy. Him I didn't Frank know. I Gore. forgot about that. Him and Frank Gore went there together. Oh. Because remember Chuck Pagano was the coach, and Chuck Pagano had roots with them back to Miami. Oh man. So that's, he went there, and then he ended up in in Tennessee, and he, of course, never made the team. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. yes, sir. Nothing yes, against Andre Johnson, but that just goes to show a little impact. He, I forgot all about that. I really did. Yeah, hey, it happens, man. It happens. <laughs> but speaking of uh, impact, the Titans are definitely going to be impacted by the missing wide receiver, their star wide receiver, AJ AJ Brown. Of course, he got traded this offseason to the Philadelphia Eagles. NFC East, have fun. He's definitely going to be some an exciting piece for the Philadelphia Eagles. But in terms of the Titans, of course, they had to figure out a way to try to replace him. Of course, mm-hmm. they they pick a guy that's kind of a prototype for him, and you know Trevor right. Burks. Yep. They get um they get a steal, which a lot of people say is a steal, in Malik Willis, the quarterback. 
Whew. They get uh, an Hassan, Hassan Haskins to back up with Derrick Henry, which I think that was a solid move. And they have it. Then hold on, the one, the one, two moves they actually I, I think may pay off pretty immediate dividends. Chig Okwanko from Maryland. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 mirrors John o. Smith, mm-hmm. so he can do some a lot of the same things John o. Smith did when he was here in Tennessee, and also Kyle Phillips. The Titans don't have a slot receiver. He he fits that bill. So overall, it seems like the Titans and, and Teron Davenport from ESPN. He wrote this article. Uh, he actually dropped it today, talking about you know how certain players mimic certain players from the past, like Traylon Burks, AJ Brown, uh, Chig Chig to uh, Jonathan Smith and Kyle Phillips to Adam Humphreys. Yeah. Those were the year. That was the year that Ryan Tannehill had his best year here. Right. So with those pieces being added, and a lot of people are like saying they're going to be down. They're not going to be that great. I mean. Do you think people are severely underrating how good the Titans can be, especially with their defense? I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't say severely underrating. I, I will say this. Losing AJ Brown is is you're gonna see it, you're gonna feel it. Um and hopefully Robert Woods is still able to be Robert Woods pre-injury. Um, and, and he was, he was, he was, produ- he was, you know, doing his thing with Matt Stafford and the Rams before he got injured last year. Um, and, but that offense wasn't able to miss a beat without him, to be quite honest with you. Um, so hopefully he's able to return back to his normal self. Um, but this offense is still built around Derrick Henry in that run game. And I think I really liked Hassan, uh, Haskins a lot coming out of Michigan, 6'1", 225 pounds, physical runner. I mean, you better bring, you better bring your hard hat when you're when you're trying to tackle him, man. Bring the pads, bring everything, because it's it's not going to be an easy, uh, easy task. But I think he complements Derrick Henry so well because you don't lose that element of physicality in a running game. If, if Henry's off the field, that's another 230 pound bruiser right there. That's that's going to tote the rock. And I, I feel because of that, that's going to help Traylon Burks kind of ease into this situation a little bit. It's going to help Robert Woods get back to his normal self. The defense, granted, they were not, you know, statistically, they were not great. But late in the year, they were very opportunistic. And you can make a case, you know, especially in that Cincy game, like they they probably should have won that game. And if they did, it was largely because of the defense. That, I mean, that they, they were able to do their job. Um, and and I, I I wouldn't say that they're severely underrating the Titans, but there's still a massive question mark hanging over Ryan Tannehill. Um, and you know he's getting a, a significant pay increase this year. I think his his uh, his cap hit is worth twenty seven twenty eight million dollars. If, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, R- roughly about that. Yeah. So he's getting he's getting paid like a quarterback that needs to win some games and win in the playoffs. And that's one thing that we really haven't seen from Ryan Tannehill yet. Um, so outside of Ryan Tannehill, I think this is a very at, at worst, this is a good enough team to win the AFC South. Depending on matchup, they may win a couple games may. And you never know that may equate to a postseason run. But that question mark over Ryan Tannehill has to be answered at some point. If it's not, that's where Malik Willis comes into play. Yeah, I think Malik Willis is in a great spot because he, he he doesn't necessarily have to start this year. He can sit right. and watch and catch mm-hmm. up on the mistakes and catch up on the good things as well. 
Um, I, I, I think uh, I do like the long term potential with him and and Traylon Burks. Like that is yeah. that's that's nice. I really and and if you can equate you know Haskins in, into that as well, I, I really like that nucleus for the future for the Titans. Yeah. I really think I really think Kyle Phillips will have a bigger impact than what what anyone right. thinks he was to them, but because mm-hmm. they don't have any, you know, besides uh, uh, Kenny mm-hmm. and Slot, they don't have anyone else. So I think he actually runs better routes, and he kind of actually reminds you of a guy out in uh, in uh, Las Vegas, Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, yeah, Hunter Renfro. yeah. So he's a very as the, clean route runner. Phillips very is. much the production. Very much. The production wasn't really there. It didn't wow you, but you throw in the tape, and the, this guy, he's he's very crafty, and and he's able. That's how he's able to you know separate himself from defenders because of his route running, his footwork, very polished. Definitely, definitely. Now, as far as uh, polish, I wouldn't say that, that any of these players are are totally polished, but you know the Jaguars definitely threw the bags at them. You know, <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, Cam Robinson, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. You got Oluquan from from the the Falcons. Mm-hmm. I mean, who did they not throw the bag at this offseason? But the thing is, they can spend all this money, but it's going to come down to Trevor Lawrence and what he can do. And also, it's going to come down: can they not be the defense that I affectionately call the jelly hole, the, the jelly jelly donut defense? Mm-hmm. Well, I would oh. say not jelly donut. I call them plain donut because they're they're empty in the middle and they got everything on the outside. Right. So, you know, I, I want to, you know, can the Jaguars actually make some noise this year? What do you think, man? This year, no, I, I I don't I don't expect to. But I do think hiring Doug Peterson is a great first step. Um, last year was. A complete <laughs> disaster for the Jaguars from the start, and it's all due to Urban Meyer. Um, it's 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 embarrassing that your rookie quarterback is the more mature individual over your veteran head co- over your head coach that's won national titles at the college football level and is well is well known around the culture coaching circles. And, and Trevor Lawrence was still the more reliable of the two. You you couldn't trust anything about Urban Meyer, and it was it it just it distracted the team enough on the field, and it was just it was a nightmare. Um, but I think getting a guy like Doug Peterson is going to help the organization. You know, he's won a Super Bowl in Philly, um, which is a nice feather in the cap, and I think he's able to to really be that 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 tutor for uh for trevor lawrence going forward um as far as their spending this offseason i mean they splurged <laughs> i don't know if it was wise I mean, giving <laughs> giving Kristen kirk the money that he's getting getting giving zay jones the amount of money that he's getting. i don't know if it was wise but they tried at least we can say that we, we're not going to take that away from them. they tried um i do think uh, getting a healthy Travis Etienne is going to be significant for them, um, especially in that run game, because I think they're going to try to get back to running that football behind Doug Peterson. Because if you go back to that Eagles, that that uh, 2017, with, yeah, 2017 season when they won the Super Bowl, um, yeah, Nick Foles was making plays, but that backfield had four or five running backs that's able to rotate in and keep that running game going. So I think the Jags are going, kind of sort of going to get back to that, even though they have Trevor Lawrence number one overall. Even though they spent so much money at the receiver spot, 
I think they're going to really try to elevate that run game and 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 kind of sort of balance that whole offensive approach out. This year, I don't expect much, but I will say, give it about give it about two years, and I would not be surprised if they're starting to you know to kind of sort of have the Titans and the Colts kind of sort of look over their shoulder in the in the in the AFC South a little bit. I'll say this. I, I, I'll I'll say maybe towards the end of this year they may be doing a few things. Honestly, they I'll may. I give, give them that. You know what? They may be one of those teams, honestly, that we see every year when it's week 14, 15, 16, 17, and they kind of sort of do what they did to the Colts last year. Like they they get a win at the end of the year that keeps the team out of the playoffs. I, I would not be surprised if that happens again. I'll say this: they, they, you know, the Colts get tired of seeing them because they haven't won down there since like what 2016. It's been a while. I guess. Like, <laughs> but uh, I'll say this though: I, I wish that Olukon and, and Miles Jack got a chance to play side by side, but unfortunately, yeah. it just didn't happen. That's not yeah. what they had in mind, and yeah. it is what it is. And, and Cam, Cam Robinson finally got his extension; finally yeah. got paid, which yeah. I was shocked. I thought they were going to get rid of him, but hey. I, I thought they were going to let him walk too. I really did. And and even though they lost Miles Jack, you know they drafted Devin Lloyd, who right. you know is is kind of sort of a jack of all trades when it comes to a linebacker spot. He can do a little bit of everything, so it's kind of interesting. I will I will also say this: I was never fully on board with Trayvon Walker at number one. They see something that I didn't see. I don't know what it is. They see potential. All right, great. But if I'm drafted number one overall, I I want someone that I know was able to dominate at the collegiate level. And to be quite honest with you, Walker didn't do that. So right. they're really banking on a lot, a lot of growth from him. And we'll we'll see. We'll see if that pays off. This pick, I'll tell you, that pick right there was all Trent Balky because Trent Balky wanted that. The ownership wanted Aiden Hutchinson. Yep, and he got his pick. So basically, he's putting his job on the line for Trayvon Walker. Which lie, yep. He thinks he thinks is an Alden Alden Smith clone, which you know, that's good in some instances and bad in others. Right. You know, you don't want him to clone some stuff. All but, right, you know. and Hutchinson reminds me a lot of, uh, of of Joey Bosa, and you know Hutchinson, he's productive. He's a sure thing. Like you know, he's going to, his to me. His floor is probably. You know, nine, eight or nine sacks a season, which is decent. It may not be good for number two overall, but it's decent. But it, that he's he proved it at the collegiate level that he can able to make plays, change the game, and you know disrupt schemes and things of that nature. Trayvon Walker has it. I mean, I think Trayvon only had what five or six sacks in his collegiate career in three years. Right. Uh, all right. That's hoping for a lot. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's hoping for a ton. Now, oh, well, I wouldn't be, uh, you know, I, I can't, you know, talk about the AFC, the AFC South without talking about the Texans. Of course, you know, they 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 fooled a lot of people taking Stingley with the with their first pick in the draft. Then they picked the offensive lineman. You know, I, I I get it. You take a defensive back. I'm not sure you take Stingley, which I, but it is what it is. They need a defensive identity. I'm glad they picked somebody to block for, for Davis Mills. But the one right. thing I'm wondering, who's rushing the passer? They didn't really select someone to rush the passer. And it's kind of – it's baffling to me that they didn't select someone. 
I I was I was on a Twitter space the other night and someone tossed that question my way about, you know, the the results of the Texans draft and what I thought about it. And I said, you know, I I was always high on Stingley. Stingley was always a top five player overall to me. So getting him at three, I, I thought it was a really good pick. But I, I told him just looking at the roster without seeing them practice or anything like that, there's a that front seven, who's Who's making plays? Somebody has to. There's 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 not much to build on in that front seven. You have Stingley, great. They got Jalen Petrie, uh, safety out of Baylor around two. I think those two guys are going to be some solid cornerstones for the team going forward. But like you mentioned, there's no one to sack. Who's really consistently going to get after the quarterback? And, and that front seven has literally question marks everywhere. So I do like um grabbing john mechie out of alabama um to to tag along with uh brandon cooks um i do like getting damian pierce running back out of florida uh in the in the fourth round i believe so it's it's adding um some talent around davis mills and it really does look like they're they're trying to see what they have in davis mills they're giving him a fair chance um and and that's that's all he can really ask for at this point um but you know, year one for the Lovey Smith era in Houston is not going to equate to a lot of wins. I can tell you that right now. But this is a this this draft is a really solid start in the right direction. I really like this class as a whole. Gotcha, gotcha. I just I just wish they would have gotten a pass rusher, but you know, hey, it is what it is. They yeah, do it, what they're doing. Yeah. It made sense. It, it would have made sense to get a pass rusher in the second round compared to getting the safety in Petrie, but that's the direction they went. But yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, man. Like, I don't, I, who's going to rush the pass? I don't know. They might, they might need one of us to get out there by the end of the year. I don't know. <laughs> they might need that or get the ghost of uh, Whitney Marcellus. Something. So. Or call Arizona, <laughs> see what Arizona wants, and see if they can get JJ back out of something. Hey, I don't know. But somebody got to do it. Right, right, right. Now, of course, you know, we went through the AFC South. We did talk about your Atlanta Falcons, but of course, it wouldn't be the tour in the AFC South show without playing the game. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. First up, Warwick Dunn or Michael Turner? Damn, this is the type of game we're playing. <laughs> oh, um, give, me, give me Turner, man. Give me Turner. Turner was... Turner was hard to tackle, and and for a guy that's played played some football in his day, played on the defensive side of the ball. The one thing I hate, the one thing I always disliked—I I don't want to use that hate term—but the one thing I always disliked those type of running backs that are just so tough to tackle because you have to do it for four quarters, and by the time that fourth quarter rolls around, you don't feel like tackling like that no more. So you just get so give me Turner. I'll t I'll take that. Yeah, I definitely understand that one, man. Being a former defensive back myself, so. you you know, fourth quarter, yeah. you already beat up for three quarters. You like, look, man, just <laughs> trip them up or something. I mean, I ain't, I ain't trying to wrap them up no more. Right, right. All right, we got Michael Vick or Matt Ryan. Oh my God, I just had this debate at work today. I just had this debate at work today. I'm taking Matt. All right. I love Vic. <laughs> I love what he did for the city, even though that's not my city, but I love what he did for the city. I love what he did for the culture. I love what he did for the sport of football. But the man was only there for six years. And, you know, the production, 
wasn't that great. It was it was good, and I felt like it was going in the right direction. I felt like the Falcons probably could have made a Super Bowl appearance with them, but you can't dispute a guy like Matt Ryan who's thrown for sixty thousand yards. Like I I feel he is a future Hall of Famer. Maybe not first ballot, but I think he does wear a gold jacket when it's all said and done. Gotcha, gotcha. Speaking of uh, folks wearing gold jackets, Tom Brady or Drew Brees? Oh, give me Brady, man. <laughs> Look, I've seen plenty of Drew Brees. I get it. He set records. He, he posted a lot of numbers. But for a guy that was that good for that long in New Orleans, only one Super Bowl? Only one Super Bowl yeah. appearance? I mean, all right. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. I get it. But it's kind of sort of along the same lines of Aaron Rodgers. And we're, we, everybody loves Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers has been to the dance only once. Right. And he's had to throw passes to Jordy Nelson and Devontae Adams for over half his career. And he's only been there once. So give me, give me Brady, man. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers to me is the greatest regular season quarterback of all time. Right. I'll give him that title. Right. Right. I mean, at least at least Peyton Peyton's been there three times. Like, right. come on, like we we were we thought Peyton was heading down that road at one point too. But come on, man, like that that's just <laughs> something to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And the last one, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons coaching tree. Oh boy, Dan Reeves or Dan Quinn? Oh God, <laughs> I'll coach him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll, go, I'll do it. Um, it, if I have to make a choice, <laughs> I'll take Quinn. But I don't. I don't feel like I don't feel that enthused about it. Um, but I feel he's the one. Of course, you know he he was when it comes to playing style of the league, you know, being up to date with the, how the league is being played. I think he's more adaptable to the league than Dan Reeves. Um, with that being said, I was not the greatest fan of Dan Quinn and his, his scouting and his player selection. I think what you saw this past year is really what Dan Quinn actually is a guy that can take some given talent add the necessary tweaks and make a product look good on the field. But if he has to go shopping, I, I don't trust what he's going to put in the cart. I'll be honest with you. That's, that's just me. <laughs> he's going to put some, uh, you were saying he's going to put some rotten apples in there. He's going to put some rotten apples in there. He's going to get some stuff from the damage section. You know, it's yeah. It's, he's going to get some, some great value. He's not going to get anything. He ain't going to get much name brand. And it's just it ain't gonna taste right. It, it just it ain't gonna taste. It'll uh uh. Uh-uh. I rather I rather give him a cupboard full of food and say, do something with that, than than let him go shopping. That's just me. I understand. I understand. You know, when you talk, <laughs> talked about shopping, you know, the first thing I thought about was uh, I thought about you know Big Daddy, you know, yeah. with Adam Sandler, and he had the kid yeah. just throwing the cans down and getting for yep. discounts. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought about. <laughs> yep, yep. That's 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 Dan Quinn right there. And and again, he's a great guy, great personality. Team players love him. 
But that particular aspect, when it comes to scouting the players that you want, getting them and putting them in your scheme and in your organization, he's dropped the ball on that several times. And and I I don't I. With that being said, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he gets another coaching job in the next couple of years. But I just I don't trust him in that aspect. Yep, can't trust it. Can't trust it. And yep. uh, this brings us to the end of another episode of Touring the AFC South. Eric, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, if you can, tell everyone anything you're working on, where they can find you on social media, whatever you want to tell the good folks. Oh, man, you can find me on Twitter at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Not really working on anything at the moment, but I will, if you don't mind. I want to do a, a plug. Make sure you catch NFL Live Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I, I am on the production team for NFL Live. So that's why I just want to make that plug. Not to mention this, the NFL Live is hosting the schedule release special that's on right now as well. So tune into that. Uh, yep. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. So for those that didn't know who I had on the show, yeah, I pulled a fast one on you. There you go. <laughs> the, 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 the draft, the NFL, the NFL schedule release, boom, all that, all in one. Here we go. We brought it all home. But yeah. Thank you, uh, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you for listening. You've been uh, watching and listening to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.